0: We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which we meet, the Yagara and Turrible people of the Mianjin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Marvell's podcast. I'm Lisa, and this is my partner in crime, Dana. Hey everyone! And we are rewatching some of our favourite pop culture paragons from the MCU and beyond through a queer feminist lens.
1: There is no design. <laughs> Already, I'm a fucking genius. There is no denying that superheroes influence and inspire people from all communities, so we want to explore what that representation is, if any, that's available to viewers from outside a straight male lens. Who better to explore this than your favourite discourse dykes? That's us, we're the discourse dykes.
0: Or at least that's what we're coining ourselves as. Uh, Okay, so what did we watch to start off with? Well, of course,
1: it's only natural that as it started the MCU, we decided to watch... (laughs) Drumroll?
0: Iron Man! Beautiful. Directed (laughs) by Jon Favreau and written by four people, which really shows Mark Fergus, Hawk, Hawk Ostby, Art Markham, cool names, Matt and Matt Holloway. They all sound like someone just hit random name on generic dude NPCs. (laughs) something. Art Markham. (laughs) They sound like names that, like, um, Hawk
1: Ostbeard. That someone
0: from a different culture other than American would be like, what are some American names I can come up with? (laughs) Bobson Dugnut. No, okay.
1: Alright, so it's a very interesting one to start a podcast about uh, queerness and feminism in in superhero movies, because
0: there's really not that much of it, is there? Not really. I mean, if we <laughs> go by your mantra of, like, everyone is queer until proven otherwise, then I suppose That's we true. can make queerness out of anything. We can make queer content out of anything, but, like... We'll do our best. We'll do our like, best. We'll do our best.
1: Um, so... Do we want to give a general plot summary of yes. the film? Yes. We're going to try our best to do it off memory because I think those are always more fun. Um, so in this movie, we meet Tony Stark uh, at this point before the Avengers. He's not known as a genius playboy billionaire philanthropist rest yet, but he is definitely a bit of a spoiled brat inheritor of uh, Stark Industries, which is a technology company which we find out through the course of this film has made most of its wealth through
0: weapons manufacturing and dealing. Mm. So what yes. happens is Tony gets captured uh, when he's in Afghanistan doing a weapons demo, and mm-hmm. while he's there, he to get his way out, he designs uh, the prototype to the Iron Man suit. He also suffers an injury, which means that he has to have a battery put in his chest <laughs> to keep out uh, bits of shrapnel from going to his heart. Um, and yes. while he's in the cave, he uh, while he's captured, he builds a self-sustaining, uh, like, I guess it's green energy um, battery. What, what is it called? Mm.
1: It's the arc reactor. Arc reactor. And, Um It's not quite green energy yet, as we will discuss later in Iron Man 2, but it is enough to keep a uh, magnetic field activated so the shrapnel doesn't bury into his heart that he sustains mm. when he was getting captured. Uh, Additionally, while he's in capture, he meets a person known as Jensen who lives in a village that directly was impacted by um, the manufacturing of all the weapons and the dealings of all the weapons. And Tony sort of sits back and realizes that he has to step up and be accountable for what his company is doing and start trying to be a better man.
0: Yeah. And so when he gets back, he decides that he's going to shut down the weapons manufacturing side of Stark Industries, and everyone's really against that because it means they will lose out on their money. Um, Stonks. Hey, what? Stonks. Stonks, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, stocks. It's the meme version of... Okay, never mind. I'm trying I don't to be know down with one. the U. <laughs> Um, yes, anyway, everyone is furious that he's shutting down the weapons manufacturing, particularly Obadiah Stein, who has been in charge of the company, or basically in charge of the company, vis a vis through Tony, um, who was too young to take over the business when his father died. And um, in particular, this is a problem for Obadiah because he is the reason that weapons have been making it out of Stark Industries into the hands of insurgents in the Middle East.
0: Yeah, so he's double-dealing under the table, which Tony finds out, he tries to stop Obadiah. Obadiah turns out to have um, created his own Iron Man suit and tries to kill Tony. But then they make this plan to override the Mac Daddy arc reactor um, (laughs) and, and blast it through the roof and kill Obadiah.
1: Yes. Uh, along the way, Tony is helped out by Peppa Potts, who is essentially... Gosh, what is her role, officially, within Stark Industries? What does
0: she say? She does anything and everything that Tony Stark asks, including taking yeah. out the trash?
1: Yeah, it's like a personal assistant, but on steroids, and also like integral to keeping your company running. I think... Isn't it by the end of this film he actually makes her CEO, or is that the start of the next one?
0: I think it's the next one.
1: Yeah, that's right, because he thinks he's dying. Um, <laughs> and he's also... Has his best friend James Rhodes, who they have been best friend or friends since uh, university together at MIT, um, and he is also trying to juggle Tony's rebellious, wayward ways and keeping the U.S. military appeased because he is part of the Air Force, of course, and is trying to keep military and defense away from coming in and wrecking Tony's shit, but also stopping Tony from wrecking the military's shit. Yes, also Tony Wrecking from the military shit, and himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All these people are like barely putting up with him. Also, Happy, Happy is the, Happy's an important part. Uh, long, yeah, Happy's great. Happy
1: has that. John, um, John Favreau himself. Yes, who directed with and acted. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay, where do we want to um, start then? I think we did a pretty good job on that synopsis. <laughs> Considering we just winged the whole thing. Yeah, nah, we got this. We've watched these movies enough times. Um, Okay, first of all, do we want to talk from a queer lens or a feminist lens? Feminist lens. Let's talk about feminist lens. Okay. um, Feminist lens. Of the few female characters in this, I have to say, I do really like Pepper. Yep. I I think she is great, Um, especially in this movie. She does get a little bit of agency, and so the fact that she is the person holding Tony's entire... Life and company together. Yeah, but also that speaks to a lot of like the unpaid labor and time that is expected of one competent woman mm. in, <laughs> in a pretty male-dominated era and field. Um, what do you think?
0: Um, yeah, I think about the unpaid labor a lot. Like she's doing so much. There's a scene where Tony um, asks her to pull out his um temporary arc reactor and put a new one in and oh she gosh. just freaks out completely cuz she's like doesn't understand what it is and And she doesn't know what it's for, and, you know, it's, it's like, basically in his chest. It's really freaky. Um, He's not adequately prepared her at all for this. No, I don't think it's something that you can prepare people for. You're
1: right, but you can at least be like, okay, so you're reaching into my heart. (laughs) Don't
0: pull the thing out. Tell her not to pull the thing out before before she Before her hand
1: is in your chest. Yes. (laughs) It's interesting, because this movie is clearly setting up a romance between them, but... Also, it's a, it's interesting. They remind me of that very mid two thousands work colleagues or like your boss who's snarky and everything. But then like they're trying to like make it redeeming and cute every time the two characters snipe at each other.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's really like typical in straight romances, um, where they will have basically like not necessarily. I mean, there's a lot of enemies to lovers, but then there's like, um. Uh, frenemies to lovers kind of things, like, where they're meant to be working together, but they're also, like, a bit, like you said, they're sniping at each other, and it's it's just weird. It makes me worried for straight people. It does, hey, and I wonder how many of them find this relatable. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's Yeah, it does actually worry me quite a bit, because I don't understand, like, why you would want to be around someone who you don't like. Yeah, and there's like, constantly... Like,
1: is incapable of recognising the hard work and the fact you keep everything patched together but also like it's 2am and you get a call and you're like oh fuck I've got to go and deal with some bullshit again
0: go oh. change Tony's <laughs> diaper because he's a little baby
1: <laughs> exactly I have to say though as far as all the Iron Man movies I think this one Peppa does feel most like herself and not just like girlfriend who is like, also still picking up all of the crap, she does have a little bit of her own moments and, yeah, decent amount of lines as well for a Marvel love interest, as we're going to talk about. Yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) Like, I think she is one of the main characters of the MCU, at least in, like, the Iron Man parts of it, I guess. like Yeah. I mean, the only... I'm just thinking of um, Civil War, where she's not in it at all, but she's still, like... A presence in there like they still talk about her and um yes like it's, it's always like whenever you're talking about tony you kind of always have to talk about pepper as well
1: yeah um okay uh would we say pepper all things considered would we consider her a bit of a feminist icon in this
0: oh, no. <laughs> no <laughs> no i i was just thinking of that like i just mentioned it before the interaction she has with um christine everhart the reporter yes. who um oh, yeah <laughs> who she's like uh christine's like oh so you're, you're pepper and tony still has you picking up the dry cleaning and pepper's like yes but i also take out the trash and implying oh, that I christine know, right. is trash
1: there are no women bringing up other women in this film. It is a lot of like corporate white feminism, where it's like, look at me, I am secretarying my way up the like ladder, and be fucked if I'm bringing anyone up with me. Exactly. <laughs> it was hard enough
0: getting here myself. Yeah, um, like she doesn't talk. Like she's not even seen with any other women.
1: Yeah, like that's and I and i meant into we get a bit of her with. Uh, Natasha but, but they're also framed again, as,
0: as adversaries always
1: always fighting or like yeah anyway we'll get to that in Iron Man 2 um, so yeah I think they really dropped the ball it's interesting. on this one by not having her with other women who are not framed as adversaries and it's interesting with Christine because quite frankly like that scene with her and Tony and the, the one night stand and then yes we get to Pepper and her talking the next morning but it's clear like, it's kind of this weird trope where Christine is like Slept with Tony to get information, mm. and like using her femininity to like undermine or try and like, you know, whatever attack Stark Industries from the inside out.
0: Um, I it's didn't so... see it that way so much as like, um, I, I felt like they did a disservice, I should say, to Christine by having her sleep with Tony. Like, as like as soon as she asked him this question, these yeah. questions about his uh, weapons manufacturing and everything like that, and um. And then, like, immediately jumping into bed with him. But I didn't see it necessarily as her trying to be conniving or anything like that. Wasn't like, she
1: kind of, like, fishing around when she woke up that morning, though, sneaking around in the yeah,
0: quiet? Yeah. But I didn't see that necessarily as it her, was like... was looking around the house. Yeah, it's yeah. just her kind of, like, walking around and being like, hmm, what's this? I don't know what this is. Let's just check this out. But, um, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it
1: is interesting. Um because that's really all I can think of is distinguished female characters. Yeah.
0: I did like um, how um, how Christine kind of um, acted as someone to hold Tony accountable. Yes. So, because her, like, immediately as soon as we see her, she's like, you know, what about these, these um, villages, you know, you what you're, what she calling the merchant of death and... She is yeah. trying to get information about him and trying to hold him accountable for what he's doing. And then later on in the movie, she shows him um, pictures of Golmira, which is where Yinsen is from. I think though, it's really
1: like this is the first movie that sets up the MCU. Mm. This is what kicked off the whole thing. It's also ironically kicked up the role that most of the women in the MCU end up having to fulfill and play. They always have to be the emotional compass mm. or the emotional center or the humanity even when they're finally allowed to be part of the team and have their own superpowers, which I'm sure we're going to discuss. Yeah. They always have to be the ones who are like, but what about having compassion and empathy? Yeah. I think there's only, I can only think of a couple of characters who are not that role when they are in a film in the MCU. And yeah, Pepper and Christine being the two here who are, challenging Tony and reminding him that he's not always correct. Yeah, absolutely. Although maybe he should be looking a little deeper into what is happening instead of just turning a blind eye.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you.
1: Yeah. Um, no. So, on the feminism front, disappointing. Yes. It's not great. Um, I mean, like, I there are only saw... two named
0: female characters in the whole movie.
1: I think you talked to me about a point you might as well... Again, very much on the line with that corporate feminism and everything, um, we do see, like, an active service woman at the start of the film in, yes. the, bu- in the fun in the V, yes. who is female, but, again, like, that's, again, very, like, uh, I hate to say it, but, like, all of your capitalist, industrialist, militarist, very American, like, here is a strong, capable woman, and it's like, okay...
0: But if she's this is working right, for the U.S. Industrial Military Complex, which is yeah. the biggest terrorist organization on the planet.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's start this right now. Let's go <laughs> square up, listeners. You're in for a ride. <laughs> yeah, it's very
0: much that whole, like, yeah. Which is, which is what, like why roadie is such an interesting character to me like yeah um oh let's talk about roadie i love i love roadie i personally love watching movies about war like jarhead is one of my favorite movies i've watched like like so many just throughout my childhood um and i still hold a lot of them like really dear to my heart in that like Mm -hmm. they're just so terrible and they just show A complete like distortion of reality, and a lot. My favorite ones are ones which are like show the bromance of the the aspect of like. I, I was literally just thinking, like, you know, who does have good like
1: snarky friend chemistry in this movie? Roddy and Tony. Roddy and Tony, yeah. (laughs) Like genuinely, you you believe the whole deal that they have been friends for most of their life. Yeah, they
0: have. have Even when they call each other out. Even when they're calling each other out. Especially when they're calling each other out. Like, that's what they can do. That's how you know you're good friends with someone, is when you can, like, call them on their shit. Yeah. Um,
1: And I think as well, uh, we see that, yeah, he's a very compelling character, even though he's a representation of literally the military within the film, I think he's really interesting. And,
0: yeah, yeah. He's, like, Brody's... Uh, sorry, Rodi is, like, Tony's counterpoint, like, um... Yes. You've got Tony, who is, like, this carefree, freewheeling bachelor who sleeps around and does it every once, and he gambles, and he's really fun and really cool. And then you've got uh, Rodi who is, like, serious and responsible, and and he's got, like, people depend on him, and he's got, you know, he's... Um, important in the in the air force and he has uh, respect of his fellow servicemen they they really play off each other quite well like he was saying they have really good chemistry
1: yeah okay um where else do we want to go with this we so we've crossed off that our feminism rep is probably much to be desired Well, we haven't really um, talked about the
0: queer aspect of it
1: we haven't um again i think there's not going to be much we can say on this Uh, It is very much a straight-laced, safe, arguably, film. Um, As far as what it does that is a little bit outside the box, it is that idea of, even though it is very much a capitalist and military film, it does have Tony as this renegade who's sort of trying to work outside the system. Mm. And um, the way his... Relate like his relationship as he develops Iron Man is considered to be like almost selfish in a way. The ref- fact he refuses to ho- hold it up to the military, but he's st- still the hero.
0: Yeah, that's really um, interesting. Like, um, basically saying that because he's going it alone, he's being selfish and he's not thinking of like the best interests of the military and the company and the people. But who because are... he's
1: positioned as the hero, we automatically align with him. So that's yeah. probably the most revolutionary revolutionary stuff this film does. Mm. Um, yeah, queer rep. I don't know. I think was this a, one is just such a straight man's movie.
0: There was a moment. There was a moment that I clocked where they're in the yep. um in the plane where um Tony makes Rudy wait for him for five hours to get on the plane, <laughs> and then he like. <laughs> and then they're, they're sitting in the plane, and Tony's like, Let's get some sake. And Rody's like, I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking. Cut to like 10 minutes later, he's just absolutely soused. And he's just like sitting right in Tony's face. They're like all over each other while the, um, while the air, the flight attendants like uh, dance around with their shirts up.
1: Yeah. The fucking, that's, if there's anything Tony does to have that. I guess, makes him less boring than your average straight man. It's the showmanship. Mm. He does have those elements of gay drama, like arriving five hours late to your own plane.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is very gay, isn't it?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm always chronically on time, but that's a different story. Mm. That's the anxiety speaking, not the gay. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's very hard in this film, I guess, to see at least particularly as a queer woman, any of myself reflected.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like,
1: maybe a younger, more naive Dana would have loved to have been, like, corporate gay, <laughs> making my way up through the... No, I don't think there's ever a time in my <laughs> no, life. No, I can't imagine you I ever being be any... <laughs> I know. Um, I, I guess a lot of people in minorities can equate promotional gain and financial success and security. So it is a very appealing trap to fall into, but I think I don't know. It's hard to see it in this film. It's definitely not one. I think Iron Man 2 is gonna be more
0: fun to talk about. Yeah. It's much more camp. Um, <laughs> yes. I
1: can't wait. That's gonna be great. They um they um, have a
0: beat down to uh another one bites the dust. Robot so. Road uh,
1: uh, it's a it's a mix-up, actually, of several different songs when they hit oh, a thing right. and, and the record jumps, because I remember Robot Rock being there and loving it as a big Daft Punk fan at the time. Um, but, yeah, I guess in this film, they were playing it very safe, even so much as that, like, you blink and you'll miss it for any sort of... I like that you pointed out the familiarity and everything on the plane. And I guess, as well, I really found, touching on the rewatch, like, the reunion in the desert when Rody and Tony... Yeah. Like when Roddy finds Tony because he's been looking for weeks.
0: Yeah, well there is that and part I'm at like, the beginning where um where Roddy's like, okay, I'm gonna drive, I'm gonna ride with you, and Tony's like, no, you can't. No, this is the, fun the fun vein vein V, not the humdrum hum V. Yeah, and then <laughs> when uh, when they see each other again, Roddy's like, Roddy, who is the one to find Tony. Oh my god, my heart. Next time I ride in the fun V. <laughs> Next time you're riding with me. Oh. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> Yeah. So like he like you get the sense that Brody does really care for Tony and even Tony does actually care for Brody as much as he is able as a completely selfish narcissist as a mess in this film. Yeah. And Next, lot of films. Um, I thought the the um, interaction where um, Tony uh, tries out his suit when he goes to I, does he go to Gold Mirror? I think and um, yes, and then and he's
1: shooting up everybody uh, who is a threat.
0: Yeah, which was oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um But when uh, when the Air Force uh, clocks Tony riding around in his suit, and um, and he's like. Uh, Brody calls him up and is like, is that you? Nope, that's not me. He calls him up a second later, it's me. <laughs> I've been caught doing something I
1: shouldn't do and it's better not to lie to my <laughs> life partner. <laughs> he tries to.
0: He gets away with it he for a course hot he sec.
1: Does. Heard, like two seconds and then he's like, oh wait, this is a bad idea. If I die here, no one will know what's happened. As far as queer rep in this film in particular, I'm not exactly hungry for it, but yeah. then again, I've never been too much of an Iron Man fan.
0: Same. I don't, um, like, go to Iron Man movies thinking, like, I hope Tony and Rhodey make out.
1: Yeah. You know, if it happened, I wouldn't complain. No. But... <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> and I hope Pepper, like, just takes over the company and runs it correctly and yeah. starts... And yeah. I hope Tony Which... becomes a little less selfish. Yeah, but, you know... It was a good solid start. It was a very safe, conservative in ways, but interestingly a critique on the military industrial complex. Yeah. And yeah. Um I think this one isn't going to have us really exactly riding home or having much
0: more to talk about. Not really. Do you have any more thoughts on it? Um I have some thoughts on like the movie in general and not necessarily anything else, but like I just when I was watching it I yes. um I realize that like there are a lot of things about this that because uh, I follow a lot of like book and writer writer tubers on on YouTube um, and they talk about their DNF list, their did not finish list, and like this this movie does what a lot of like people will DNF, which is the you know has the introduction and then it has one week before and then it has something like exposition in the form of dialogue where um, at the <laughs> awards ceremony they just talk for like five minutes about Tony's Backstory, and it's like, hmm, okay. Yeah, I know, right? It just fills in all the
1: context. Like, yeah, 21 year old super genius, his parents tragically died. It's like, okay, cool. And I guess that gives him material to play with later. We know they recycle a lot of Tony's backstory in 2, and we know that they talk about it in Civil War. Yeah. And I think it was just looking for what is enough to make this a comic book film for. The fans of Marvel who've been waiting for a long time, mm. but what is also enough to make it an
0: approachable movie for the general American public? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think they were trying to break any boundaries with this movie. Yeah. um Let's see. Uh,
1: I think I love this comment that you say here uh, that Tony says he doesn't really have a family, mm. but it co- becomes really clear over the course of the film that Rhodey, Pepper, and Happy are his family. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like because that reminds me of the whole like I'm sure you relate but like having a found family is very much a queer experience most of the time is having to carve out your own people in this world and sure Tony does it by necessity of like having very few people he can trust who don't care about him just for his money or his name
0: Mm.
1: um, and losing his family when he's young but you know that's relatable I really I think I've often talked about I like Tony and Iron Man in general the most through the people around him that love yeah. him, and I think that's something that maybe a lot of queer people can relate to, um, struggling with their own like self doubts and anxieties and self esteem, is that even if they can't love themselves, they can love them through the people around them and their found families and how they think of them.
0: Yeah.
1: Not to that's get all nice. emotional on me. That's that nice, is <laughs> making me emotional. No, and. <laughs> I think, ironically, even though he's a bit of an agostical idiot in this film, um, Tony
0: he means well, doesn't, like, He doesn't
1: like himself in this film. He what, sorry? He doesn't. He doesn't like himself in this film. And I think it's realising that there are people around him that do care about him.
0: Yeah. Like, he he starts to hold himself accountable for the things that he's doing. Yeah, that he and his uh, company are doing. Like he, like the midpoint turn is Tony saying that he's responsible now.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a nice step. That's I can deal with that compliment for Mr. Anthony Stark.
0: Uh, One more comment I about that film? I wanted to make was that um, when Tony is. Uh, is, um, coming out of the, like, getting his suit taken off him by Jarvis's robots, um, and Pepper <laughs> comes in and is like, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, this is not the worst thing you've, <laughs> you've caught me doing. I wonder what is the worst thing that
1: she's caught him doing. Let's do this. Let's play a minigame. What is the worst thing that Pepper's caught Tony Stark doing?
0: Getting pegged.
1: <laughs> by who?
0: <laughs> Christine.
1: Yeah, right? Valid? Um, <laughs> maybe that's why Pep is so salty the next morning when she sees Christine there. She's like, oh god, I thought this was done. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's an interesting film, but definitely not one that is going to provide much more commentary on what we're really here to talk about and care about at the moment.
0: Although, um,. Mm-hmm. Me picking out the little shreds of of um, of queerness and, out of a straight bouquet for it, because um, I cannot
1: see anything.
0: <laughs> uh, Obadiah and Howard, they had some history, oh, and there is a line did, where oh. um, where Obadiah says something like, "There's no more of this ready fire aim business," and Tony goes. That's what my dad used to say. That's my dad's line. Mm. And I thought, hmm, Casual that's intimacy drop. I don't like to think about how it stuck
1: anyone, Howard Stark with anyone. I love Howard Stark, and I would think study. about him with anyone. Uh, Agent Carter Howard Stark only. <laughs> <laughs> no other Howard Starks valid. No, the like,
0: Silver Fox Howard Stark.
1: No. No, no, no. <laughs> No, he has strong, like, drunk homophobic dad vibes. Oh, that's true. <laughs> he is not a <laughs> I don't know. I just <laughs> that is a that is not a story a that can icon. happen. That is that is a story. That love story between him and Obadiah Stain can happen far away from me <laughs> behind closed doors. Or Howard and Jarvis. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's true because um okay, a quick side note here is Jarvis in the movie is Tony's AI that he developed and worked on, but is inspired by Jarvis in Marvel Comics, who was pretty much a Alfred Butler type for Howard Tony, Stark. Howard Stark and Tony, and um, in the same way that like Alfred takes care of Batman when Batman's parents dies, Jarvis takes care of Tony
0: and he's and everything. Um, quite a big part of the Agent Carter series.
1: Yes, so he is a real person in the MCU, but was alive when. Um, Howard was younger and helped and served and worked for Howard then and yes, it is strongly implied that he took care of Tony for a while but Tony was I think in his 20s when his parents passed away in MCU Yeah, he was like 19,
0: 20 or
1: something like that. Yeah so for the most part he's just Uncle um, Jarvis and probably Tony named the AI in recognition and memory of. I like Jarvis I like Jarvis a lot <laughs> and then he becomes Vision, and I miss Jarvis, but also Oof, he's Vision. still sort of fuck Jarvis.
0: Vision, fuck
1: Vision. <laughs> We're getting sidetracked. <laughs> I I had so much hope because I, I love Vision in the comics, and then we got anyway. <laughs> <You> got <toaster. laughs> At
0: least he can lift the hammer. No, he's he he injures <laughs> Brody. Oh, uh, you're right. Yeah, I forgot about
1: that. <laughs> okay. Um, he's distracted. And who wouldn't be distracted by the Scarlet Witch if we're being real? <laughs>
0: oh, oh, God! I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scream! I'm going to scream! <laughs> we'll save that for when we're talking about... Civil War. Civil oh, War. Oh, my God, there was so much screaming during that movie. We've got a lot of movies to come. Uh, like, but, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that... um that I don't like Tony in other movies. Like, I only like Tony Stark in his own movies. And I really... I Like, I like the Iron Man series, but when uh, I'm watching, yeah. like, Civil War or any of the Avengers films, he's just so insufferable. And... I, it doesn't help they give him 50% of the, like, screen time. Yeah, he has lines. 5 hours and 21 minutes worth of screen time in the MCU before Endgame. Oh, okay. Is that... Including his own movies, or yeah, all the combo ones only? Yeah, in the entire MCU only? before Endgame. I, I read this Ugh. article. I specifically looked it up. Guess how much Sebastian Stan has? Uh, okay. No, I can't. Like, 45 minutes? 45 minutes, exactly. Oh, I fucking nailed it! Guess how much Fury has? Um, 50 minutes. 43 minutes. Guess how much Rhodey oh. has? Uh, he would have, like, 13 minutes. Uh, 47. <sighs>
1: okay. All right. Oh
0: okay. On that infuriating note. (laughs) Yeah, and I think
1: that's the thing as well. Um, Okay, we've looked at feminism from the angle of which female characters are in this series, but are there any things we want to say about like how there are decent representations of, you know, I guess feminist issues for men in this film? I think an interesting thing might be. I think as far as a lot of characters go, Tony isn't... I think this is why he has so many fans as well. He isn't sort of your regular super macho, like, eight-pack dude. He is definitely someone... (laughs) I love my precious himbo. (laughs) Um, But he's, like, he's intelligent, Mm -hmm. which is a quality that's usually assigned to supervillains. Like... Mm. He has a brand name as recognisable as Lex Luthor does in like DC canon universe, uh, except arguably he's using that intelligence for good. Mm. Um, I think he's an interesting representation, and it might be why he's so popular amongst a lot of uh, Marvel fans. Is that he's not your typical archetypical? Oh God, I've said typical twice already. Um, he's not your average like machismo he uses a lot of his wit he uses a lot of his intelligence he uses like snark and charisma more so than he does like I am the strongest man who's gonna go and beat the snot out of these guys
0: yeah what do you think no I I completely agree he's like his superpower is being smart yeah and like and rich so like Batman
1: is he allowed to cry in this movie yet or is he just still being emotionally stunted
0: um does he cry I don't know. I don't
1: think so. Hmm. I think with Robert Downey Jr.'s like big bulbous eyes, it almost looks like he's got a crying sheen going on. But (laughs) don't be rude. (laughs) Um, He's got he's got resting sad face, which is what I have. Where it just I always get asked all the time at work if I'm about to burst into tears, and I'm like, no. no, my eyes my eyes are just large and shiny. That's what they do. Oh no. So yeah, no real
0: moves to having more emotionally rounded. No, Tony's yeah. still very um, emotionally yeah. stunted, and um, yeah. What about Roddy? Yeah. Like he, he's kind of very <laughs> much like a man's man, I would say. Like yeah, he's he's part of the Air Force. Like he's a is he a colonel in this movie?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think he's Colonel Rhodes at this point because they call him in for testimony in Iron Man 2. Yeah, I think as well it's really hard with Rhodey because we don't get enough about him on his own. Mm. We only get him in relation to Tony. Yeah. Like, we don't get any of his, like, yeah. Because at this point he is a side character. He is the best friend, the token best friend, and Pepper is the token sort of antagonistic love interest.
0: When... Tony gets his thing taken out of his chest by Obi, and Peppa figures out yeah. like that. Obadiah is um is evil. She calls up Rodi and is like, "Can you please get over there and find Tony and see if he's okay?"
1: Yeah, and that's interesting. It's that it's it's not Peppa who takes upon it herself to go and visit. She's just like, "Okay, I'm going to entrust this to Rodi." Mm. Um, yeah that's true knowing that that's someone who's reliable and steadfast mm. uh actually let's talk about that i do love the whole pepper taking the um the arc reactor thing oh, yeah and making the, the proof that tony stark has a heart yeah. i think that's a really good embodiment of their whole sort of dynamic yeah because there's a lot of snark in that simple little gift but it's also kind of heartfelt and genuine yeah
0: it's very cute yeah I mean, like... And I think that's a nice moment. What does he say? Like, he's been called many things, but nostalgic's not one of them.
1: Yeah, and then he keeps that, and it's, yeah, very important and sweet. And later, uh, I think as well, when they are fighting at the end on the rooftop above the Mac Daddy arc reactor, yep. as you so beautifully put it, <laughs> um, it's Pepper who flicks the whole yeah. switch and actually saves Tony. Mm. That's an interesting moment. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so think... she is able, like she is capable, um, Tony even says that like she's the most capable person he knows, um, yeah. and so she's able to do these things, like she gets in contact with um, S.H.I.E.L.D. and she brings them over to the arc reactor and...
1: Oh, that's right, they're, they're in this, aren't they? Yeah. I always forget, they were so early, they were, yeah, because there's a little like horror-esque sequence of Obi picking them off from the shadows. Like one by one. <laughs> that's pretty awful. <laughs> so it's only Colson and Pepper
0: who are alright. This there's a little bit where Colson like jumps over a railing and like lands on his feet. <laughs> like, could Clark Greg do that in real life? Parkour. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's an interesting.
1: She's capable. She is taking initiative, I guess, especially in that final sequence. Uh, because at that point, Cody, oh sorry, Tony's kind of like stuck on the couch. Atrophying, for lack of a better word, yeah. Until Rody finds him, so she's trying to get to the bottom of things when she thinks Tony's just having like a sulk or hasn't like answered anyone's messages because he's sad about being locked out of the company. No, That's um, the problem. What it?
0: happens is, um, is that he calls gets Pepper to go and steal that information. That's right. Yeah, I remember she now. She finds out that Obadiah. And- um, orchestrated his capture. Yes, and, um,
1: but by that point, Obi's already at yeah stuck, and he's like petrified him with a little gadget thing that we saw tested earlier in the movie. Yeah.
0: Oh man, so like I think yeah. Pepper does a lot in this film. Yeah, but so we, as we give in terms of like whether um whether it would you know be a positive representation of women, I don't know. I think the actions she takes are
1: more so than the character that she's presented as. Mm. Because again, unless your ideal of, you know, unless your ideal of being a woman or being equal to men is playing the same game as them, I think she doesn't have much that sort of invigorates it. Or, you know, she is just one woman in a higher end of a company. And she doesn't really talk about that much. It's left for the audience to decide what that means and what that's interpreted as, mm. which is sad. I think it, they could have had a really good moment there, if, you know, if maybe in conversation between her and Tony it had come up where she's like, like, do you realise how hard I have to work and here I am treated as a glorified assistant? Yeah. Like,
0: but it would have she... been really
1: good to have her have that conversation. Yeah, I don't think the writers ever thought about that. No, the the four generic NPC male writers. <laughs> <laughs> and I think um, John Favreau, to his credit, the more he did in the MCU, the more he started thinking about those positions and roles and conversations. But again, he's just one man, mm-hmm. and it really needs to be women in the writing teams and women who are acting these roles who get more to say and to contribute. And then we can hear and those women producers, like the female fathers.
0: producers.
1: Oh my god! Yes, finally it's 2020, which is how many years after this movie? Uh, 12,
0: years, Twelve years, and we're
1: seeing women starting to be allowed to write and produce and direct, direct yeah. superhero movies, even though we've been consuming them. <laughs> all, yeah, there's been like 20 movies, existence. hasn't
0: there, in the MCU? Well, we're yeah. gonna watch them all. <laughs>
1: Yay! And by the time we get through the ones that are already here, there's going to be more to come if cinemas ever open up again.
0: <laughs> yeah, if they ever resume filming for any of them, for any of the TV I know. series.
1: Right. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about with Iron Man today? Not that what I do you can think? think of. I think that's it.
0: I think this one's going to be short and sweet. Yep. Um, and I look forward to... What's our next movie we're going to talk about um, together? We're going to talk about Thor. So we're not doing these in any particular order, except for like, since we're doing MCU and <laughs> other, which is- for, like...
1: everyone, for everyone at home, I just started vibrating in my seat. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thor, Thor is... yeah. Um, so we're not doing them in any particular order, but we're you know, we going to start off with Iron Man because it's the classic. Um, yeah. And we're going to do- It's a good benchway. Hulk and Incredible
1: Hulk. Yeah, I'm excited. It's a, it's a long journey we're going to embark on, but I think there's a lot to discuss and a lot of merit to talking about representations in media.
0: And yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for bringing me on this journey, Lisa. Yeah, well, thanks for coming along with me. Actually, I think it was your idea anyway. I was like, well, do you want to do a Marvel podcast? And you're like, hell yeah, let's do about queer hell and yeah. feminism. and
1: are <laughs> 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 the two things that we are self proclaimed <laughs> experts in. Let's go. Let's do it.
0: All right. Uh, so that's it for this episode. Um, where can our listeners find you, Dana, online? Our listeners can find me on Tumblr. That's
1: usually my social media escape that I hang out on. Yes, still I know it still exists even after the great pornageddon. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my Tumblr uh, <laughs> handle is feels all over the place. Uh, Tumblr.com.
0: At tumblr.com At tumblr.com. Yeah. I don't know what it is for real, but feels all over the place. And you all can, lowercase. all lowercase, okay. <laughs> At gmail.com.
1: No, I didn't say Gmail. <laughs> I don't have the Gmail with that. Do not put bad ideas in our listener's head.
0: You can dot send Tumblr me any questions for Yahoo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Forget that I'm by Yahoo every day. You can send me any questions or queries or talk shit about Thor with me. Um, if you go to my blog, you can expect lots of gay, lots of fandom, and yeah.
0: Where can they find you? You can find me at uh, Lisa Tronics with an X. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a reference, which you will find out in our next Iron Man. <laughs> In our next I minutes. <laughs> <own edits.
1: laughs> now they have to keep listening. The suspense, the mystery. Lisa
0: Charnings with an X um, on Twitter, and a journey into yeah. mystery, one might say. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll see you later. Yeah, bye guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.